Welcome back to our show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Twanda. And this is Rumel. Hey, Rumel. Hey, girl. Hi. How you doing? Girl, I just celebrated Juneteenth. I think I'm still celebrating Juneteenth. And I don't even know if you can say celebrating, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. I do. I think that's fantastic. I didn't do anything, though. I just, I'm, I... I so believe in the idea of Juneteenth, but I, I am so scared that it's going to be changed into this um, commer- commercialization. You know, there's going to be so much, you know, there are already t-shirts being made by the millions. But you know what? I needed a t-shirt. Let me tell you, when I say <laughs> I recognized it, I walked around yesterday mm-hmm. um, and I saw people in all these shirts that were representing blackness and what they feel about Juneteenth. So it might not have even been, you know, celebrate, but it was something representing blackness everywhere I looked. And that felt great. I want people yeah. to have a t-shirt. Now, what I don't like is my lipstick company was like Juneteenth sale, buy lipstick. I was like, wait a minute. I don't like that. I was like, wait, that's, that's not, but that's what I'm talking about. That's what happens when you make it a national holiday. Yeah. It felt more like power to the people when it wasn't one, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you're out there, if you're celebrating Juneteenth, it wasn't because it was a national holiday. It was because you felt it, you know, that, you know, you felt some responsibility to it. So, I mean, I shouldn't, I'm not, I shouldn't be judging, but that's what I'm saying. I, I kind of liked it when it was underground. All right. Now we might have to do another whole complete episode on this because I've already gotten questions from people I don't know who want to know how I feel about Juneteenth. So this could be another episode. So I'm going to put a pin in it right right now because I'm so excited about what we're talking about today. Which is nothing about Juneteenth. It's not, it's not, but I have to talk about (laughs) what is relevant to what's going on now because, you know, that's that's what I do. uh, That's what you do. That's what we do. Okay. Okay. So I'm excited today because we are bringing back my good friend, Ren Jones, who has spoken on this show before. So he's not a newbie with us. Um, Mm -hmm. We go all the way back to middle school. See, we had the same last name. I say had because my my maiden name, Jones. And so we were sitting in homeroom like forever together Mm -hmm. all the time. We're in all the yearbooks, faces right next to each other all the time. It's like, you know, he feels like a relative to me. Well, Ren is a certified physical trainer and his system forever, as long as I've known him, has been on an online business model. Uh, mm-hmm. So clients, his clients didn't have like a big learning curve during this COVID thing. We were already like, oh, we're we already doing this online. Right. And he, he's completely legit. He's got his certification for being a physical trainer. He's got his certification for being yeah. a online physical trainer he's training trainers now i know he's he's training trainers trainers. (laughs) he knows about like nutrition he got some certifications for that so he's he's legit he knows his his stuff Mm -hmm. but the reason why i'm excited to have him on the on our podcast at any point in time Mm -hmm. is because he just makes a lot of sense like i see things online a lot about what it means to be 
uh, to, to, to work out and all these mm-hmm. challenges to get your booty right and to get your waistline right. Mm-hmm. And then I'll find Ren on social media, on social media, dispelling, like he'll say, that's fake. This is a myth. This, you know, and he's spreading truth. And when I mm-hmm. hear him speak, he makes sense to me. Like I might not have been able to put it together myself, but when I hear it, it just rings true. Like that makes sense. And I just love the way he makes it plain. And uh, I really love the fact that he focuses on women. My age. That's what I was just about to say. <laughs> Literally. I was just waiting for you to take a breath so I could be <laughs> like, look, <laughs> I love Ren because un- even some women trainers don't, really address the problems of women who are working out Mm -hmm. who need who need help with their nutrition and Ren was honestly the first person that I trust Mm -hmm. to say Ren what do you think about this for me yeah it makes he makes me feel better he says it and it goes yeah that feels right I'm so so excited Ren to have you back on so excited Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I was just going to be quiet and let you guys just keep. <laughs> I was writing some of it down. I was like, yeah, this this is good for me. Like, if you don't want me to talk, I'm OK. You guys just keep talking about me. I'm all, I'm all right. You know, yeah, these these two intellectual dynamic uh, sisters just arguing over who gets the next turn to talk favorably about me. I'm cool with that. Can you do that for the next 25? I'm just going to mute my mic. You guys, you guys keep going. Uh, we could, I, we could. Can I send you have some DoorDash. I want you to have energy. Today. <laughs> listen, uh, listen. We did all that because we need you to fill in the next part. That's all right. Because yeah. our big interest today is for you to help us understand this simplifying fitness. Because you talk about it like it's simple and that it should just be simple. And I don't get it. Because, you know, we don't we, we don't talk as much as we, we probably should. So when you say the word simplifying and fitness it's an mm-hmm. oxymoron, it's like, yeah. can it really be simple if you're counting calories and counting macros and how many ca- calories go in, how many you burn and monitoring the scale and taking measurements and monitoring mm-hmm. your heart rate to get it? To, it sounds exhausting. And Take here you go. Take my temperature if I count a macro. Okay. okay. <laughs> Take my temperature. I'm not doing it. Okay. So, yes, make it simple because I'm not counting any of that. I mean, like a calorie, I got you. But all the other things, I'm out. I just need to know how you can say it's simple because everything I understand, it feels like maybe it'll be simple when I finally make a million things a habit and I do Mm -hmm. it naturally. Is that what simple is? Because it feels like a lot of work. Right, right. Uh, So... So let's start here. Let's let's start. <laughs> Please let's, take out your notebook and your yeah, pens. It's yeah. time to get started. Let, let's start with the economic and marketing lesson before we start talking about the <laughs> wellness and fitness lesson. Because if you think about it, the driving force for most things that people sell, particularly if it's a service, is to first convince you that it's overly complex, right? Because if I make it so complex that you can't understand it, then I can sell you the solution to that complexity, right? 
So <laughs> the, the second thing is probably more in the camp of sociology, particularly in the context of social media, right? And that is that we like to brag about the super hard ish that we're doing, right? <laughs> nobody, nobody gets on social media and says, I made up my bed today. Both pillows are flat and the spreads on it. No, no. People are gonna look at my look at my duvet uh, and how I arranged it with the multicolored pillows. And I got six throw pillows. I watched the tutorial on HGTV <laughs> and I've turned all my pillows into tiny safari animals, right? And <laughs> and then you go and you like their page. You're like, ooh, look, look at how Twanda made her bed look like uh that scene from Coming to America. It's amazing. Like, so. <laughs> We have an overglorification as a society right now with complexity, with making mm -hmm. things just so complex that it's unbelievable. So in some ways it edifies us, right? Mm -hmm. you, you see the same thing happen on social media with people when they exercise. Nobody's going to go on social media and brag and say, I walked for 20 minutes today and then I walked 20 minutes back. You're not, you ain't getting no likes for that. I'm no. not going to, I'm not going to share your post. You know, you walk for 20, I don't care. You know, but if you go in there and say, you know, I'm working on a handstand push up with my trainer, who is a division one athlete at Clemson, uh, you know, that's Instagram that, worthy right there. That's day. He kicked ass. It was great. A girl sore, but you know, hot girl, summer. like, okay, so I can, I'm going to like that post. I'm going to tell you, girl, I can, can I use your girl? Yeah, uh, you please, okay. please. Girl, was that that to do it right? Is yeah, that, you got it. Okay, I loved right. it. Girl, I ain't never worked out this hard. Uh, oh, Kenny kicked my tail. It's crazy. Yeah. I was just sweating. I sweated out my, look at the sweat angel I made on my mat today. And people were going to be like, <laughs> oh, look at that sweat. And girl, you begin, I wish I could blah, blah, blah like you. And now I'm properly edified, right? Mm -hmm. On social media. Mm -hmm. So, because we are inundated with that, we automatically think that success, and, and probably generally speaking, we feel like success comes at the hand of difficulty, uh, not processes, mm -hmm. right? So we will take a process that's really simple and make it really difficult because if, if you don't understand the process of what you're doing and how to, and how to document progress in it, you will default to difficulty as a means of telling yourself that it's working, right? If I don't mm -hmm. understand the process, mm -hmm. if I don't understand how to garner progress, how to, how to track progress, mm -hmm. I will default automatically to difficulty because that's the easiest way for me to say that what I'm doing is going to work. Um, and this is why I have conflict with clients early on because what I give them is very simple and doable and immediately their mind defaults to I don't see how this could work because of science, damn it. it just, you know, it's just, that's that's how it works. But does it you look know? good on Instagram? Doesn't look good on Instagram at all. It's horrible for Instagram. Uh, but but then results, then results, though, they look pretty good on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, we're we're sold the difficulty, like you said, Absolutely. we're sold the difficulty. So if you have it in your mind that you can you have to do difficult things yes. in order to get results, when you bring something simple, it doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. Because yeah. no one sells the simple. Right. You've been you've been told to make sure it's hard. It's hard. Therefore, it works. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's just not the way that life happens. Uh, most of the time, most of the time it's consistent. Therefore, it works. Mm -hmm. Or I'm very adherent. 
therefore it works, but it, it's not all about difficulty. So that's the first thing. That's the, the economic and sort of sociological lesson here in the difficulty of fitness. I guess now we can talk about the actual fitness. What most people don't realize is that change happens on the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I read a quote, I think it's in the book, Emotional Agility. And I believe the quote says that change favors evolution, not revolution, right? So what we will want to do is we will want to go out and revolutionize our life. Whatever process we feel like isn't working for us at the moment, mm-hmm. we, we, uh, we deliberate, 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 decide, and then we throw the kitchen sink at it, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. do everything tomorrow. Uh, girl, I'm going to do, the, I'm gonna do the, the spin bike, yep. and then I got a one-hour session with Kenny, and mm-hmm. you know Kenny crazy, girl. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to do the Zumba. Uh, and on the way home, I'm going to eat some grass uh, on the side. I'm stop on the side of the road. Give me mm-hmm. some grass. I'm going to pull the car. Pull the car. Yeah. Pull the car into the driveway yeah, like yeah. with the rope. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to do all of it tomorrow. And that's just not necessary. Right. So I work people down the spectrum. Right. Mm-hmm. Down the spectrum. Instead of instead of you doing all of it. I just want you to do some of it at first, because if we can build a habit, it's Twanda's favorite word, by the way, is habits, especially in, in, as in regards to fitness. If we can just build the habit, we can interject intensity once the habit's been well-defined, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. If, you have a hab- if you have a habit of oral care, so to speak, like you once mean you learn br- teeth brushing and teeth brushing. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I mean, checking. yeah, yeah. Um, I, this is not the Valentine's episode, Twine. This is the <laughs> Juneteenth episode. Uh, <laughs> get, get your mind right, sis. Um, I, I like to apologize to all the listeners because <laughs> already she's always been like this. You, you've listened to the show, so oh. this is not a surprise for you, listeners. You probably came here for this, okay? Um, out of, out of expectation. <laughs> In any case, I digress. So if you get a good habit of brushing your teeth, then it's not that hard to add flossing, right? It's not hard to add a, add a, add a rinse, a mouthwash. I was about to say oral rinse, but I didn't know where Twanda was going to go with that. Uh, it's, it's not hard to utilize a mouthwash. Uh, I won't be back for another episode. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. toss that out there. This is just this is a fi- you're officially listening to my last episode <laughs> on this podcast. So, so slow, slow it down and rewind it and listen, listen again. But, you know, once you have a habit established, it's not hard to crank up the intensity of where your mind is already set, mm-hmm. the way you've already got scheduled into your into your day or to your life. Um, but what we try to do is we try to start with the intensity first and build a very, very intense thing into a habit. And it just doesn't work that way. It's not a great way to build a habit. Build some simple, actionable thing that you can do repeatedly. And you'll find that once you have the mental space for it, once you've made the sort of the chronological space in your day for it, in your mm-hmm. life for it, you can go back in and you can remodel the habit, right? You can, you've already got the, you've already got the plots, the, the lot, right? You've already got the parcel, you got the land, You've got something built on it. You got a little, oh, maybe it's a ranch and you, you, want, a, you want a two-story. Um, once you own that land, once that habit occupies the land in your brain, in your life, you can go in and you can rebuild the house. You can model it out. You can build a bigger bathroom or a better kitchen. You're already on, on the land. So 
a lot of people start out trying to put a 12 story building, you know, on a 400 by 400 plot, there's no room for it yet. So that's sort of the first indication of how to build it simple. That was like six analogies in one explanation. I hope, I hope that was good. I was, I was I counting. That landed. I think I was it was more like five and a half, but you were. Maybe so. Maybe so. I was doing, I was doing my best there. I was really grasping the straw. Most of that I made up as I was talking. Um, <laughs> But, but it made it makes sense, and I I feel like a little bit. I feel like I might not have been so far off when I said earlier <laughs> that you start you start you know y'all like the word habit so whatever friend mm-hmm. okay so <laughs> you start with all these other habits and then once you're used to counting calories I'm just I'm using that as an example you probably okay. might say that but I'm I'm used to counting calories it's not as hard to now add on the you know maybe this is how many calories i burn so is that what we mean when we're simplifying fitness yeah absolutely uh okay. and and rumel i'm going to try not to use habit again i think it's a trigger word for twanda um <laughs> reach for another word here uh as a matter of fact for the for the rest of the episode i'm only talking directly to rumel uh, oh <laughs> go ahead and put that out that there so uh, yeah I'm, I'm only i'm only talking to you at this point <laughs> If I slip and say Twanda, it's accidental. It's, it's a accidental. Freudian slip okay. uh, because only because I've known it for so long. Um, but yes, that's what I'm talking about in terms of simplifying. So what we don't want to do typically is we don't want to be patient. The, you know, the, the other triggering word, mm-hmm. patience, right? Mm-hmm. We're not up for that. Like if we spend a lot of time deliberating, that almost automatically means that when we make the decision, we're going we're gonna to be impatient. We're going to be impatient as a counterbalance to our own procrastination, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we are trying to recover for the time we spent deciding. And now, because we spent so much time deciding, uh, now we don't have time for the execution. That's got to hurry up. You know, we, we've, we've wasted, psychologically, we feel like we wasted so much time deliberating that once we decide, we need the results to happen in the, at right now. We need the results to happen as if, the entire time we were deliberating, we were actually working. So the year I spent trying to figure out if I'm going to prioritize my health, you know, uh, I want a year's worth of results now, uh, but I want them immediately, right? Because right, I waited right. so long, uh, I've punished myself by not deciding. And now I expect the universe to bring this to me with immediacy because I mm-hmm. finally decided. And, and that's psychologically where the, where the, where the, where the downfall starts to happen. So when you, when you're impatient, you're going to want to find something that's much more complex to do mm-hmm. because you think that that complexity will make up for the lack of gradual time spent mm-hmm. improving, right? Mm-hmm. It's the cram session yeah. when we haven't studied for mm-hmm. our exam, for final exam. That's I'll it. just cram it and that'll make up for me being on the yard, hanging out uh, instead of studying incrementally because ain't nobody got time for that, right? So right. so what happens is it doesn't have to be as complicated as we think it does. So when I talk about simplicity, I'll look at, I'll look at three areas really quickly and then I'll give it back to Rumel because somebody else doesn't exist on this podcast anymore. Uh, I'm still so, here. I can't Rumel, I mute a, you I if I pop, wanted to. I heard a pop in my mic, Rumel. Do you hear something? Um, so... <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh is my best friend. So three areas to look at. Let's look at exercise. Let's look at nutrition. And let's look at let's look at, at habits. 
okay. and, and we'll simplify them as much as they can be simplified. On the zero end of the spectrum for exercise is not moving. I mean, that's simple enough. You know, you couch potato. Yeah, I, we've all done it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're sitting around and not doing anything. One step on that number line, that integer line, uh, is standing up. Mm-hmm. It's a great habit. So if I get a client, uh, and again, I'm work, typically working with women over 30, almost exclusively moms over 30. If I get a client that says, I sit all day. My first challenge would be, hey, let's work on standing up. Let's, you know, set your watch timer. If you got a watch timer, set your timer or set Alexa uh, for 10 minutes. And every 10 minutes, I want you to stand up. And that's it. Uh, now, from my perspective, as, as a science-based professional, I know that the act of standing up increases blood flow, you know, mm-hmm. circulation. Mm-hmm. I know that it causes a person to utilize their muscles to stand up. Mm-hmm. I know that when you're standing versus sitting, your core is engaged. So I'm getting all that benefit from just standing up. Mm-hmm. Now, from the client perspective, they may think, what's standing up going to do, right? Yep. That's where the problem comes in. Oh, you know, right. I need, I need a, I need to do Tabo in between, you know, <laughs> I know. So I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna watch 30 minutes of uh, uh, TV and then I'm gonna do 30 minutes. I'm gonna do an hour Tabo because I'm ready to get started. They get started. They put that house, that complexity house on okay. a lot that's too small for mm-hmm. it. And the city's going to come and tear it down. Like, well, first of all, your body can't, doesn't have anything to work with. And all of a sudden you're going to Tybo. Right. And then the next day you can't move. Next day you did. See, you, you, you died the next day. This, yeah. this is why I ha- we have you on the show because mm-hmm. what you say, it makes sense. But mm-hmm. I can also feel the part of me that says, I'm ready to work out, man. Don't just tell Absolutely. me to stand up. I mean, Absolutely. I need to do some insanity mm-hmm. right Absolutely. now. And you're just asking me to stand up. That doesn't look good on Instagram. Shanti calling me. <laughs> Shanti calling me. Um, so, so here again, we've got the deliberation period, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that thing in your mind is working against the simplicity yes. of something that will actually work. It's not enough. Okay. I've been waiting so long. I ain't worked out in five years. That ain't enough. Right. Well, how's the couch working for you right now? Right? Right, right. You know, if I can get a person who sits all day to stand up 10 times a day for the next 30 years, right? They're going to have a wildly different result for their physicality. So that's simplifying fitness. What's your, what's your one step past zero? Mm-hmm. Do that for as long as you can. You'll probably get bored with it, but mm-hmm. you'll probably also build a habit that's really easy to take out and put another habit in, in its place. You've already got the real estate, the mental real estate. Mm-hmm. You've already got a building on that piece of real estate. You can tear the building down when it no longer serves you and build another building. So simplifying the, the physical part of it, it's just getting up and doing something, walking from one end of your house to the next. Mm-hmm. If you got stairs, walk up and down the stairs 10 times. Um, you know, you could hire a coach, wink, wink, mm-hmm. uh, to help you with this stuff. Uh, but a good coach is going to provide an appropriate solution solution for the population that they work with. And I'm an ex division one athlete that played football at Carolina. Uh, shout out to you, Twanda. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'm working with moms over 30 who are sedentary. They're not going to push a sled. They're, they're right. just not right. I, I can't, I'm inappropriate as a certified professional 
thinking that they are going to go at the capacity and intensity that I do as an ex division one collegiate athlete. Here's the challenge though. The mom is going to love it at first because she expects difficulty, right? Mm -hmm. So day one, she's like, Oh, that workout was crazy. My trainer is a beast. We pushed the sled and he had me climb the rope and I did all that day two. She's going to be out of commission. Yep. And never see her again. Never see her again. Never see her again. (laughs) But she's going, you know, because she's not been educated about the, about the choices available. She only knows to choose what society has inundated with the messaging that we've been inundated with, Mm -hmm. which is a trainer needs to beat me up in order for me to have success and standing up 10 times a day is stupid. It's a waste of time. So I'm either going to not do anything or I'm going to let Kenny beat the crap out of me once, uh, sit for another 90 days, then decide I want to get back in shape again, then go out and look for another Kenny. Because okay, who is hard. Kenny? Like, you don't I, like I just don't, Kenny. I don't have another. There's, there's, some, there's some trainer named Kenny who I just feel like Kenny was throwing shade at Kenny, all the time. Kenny could very well be uh, Kendra. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm hearing a, a thing. I also am hearing that this is more of a psychology thing. This is the way it's we all. think of, about it. And not like I haven't heard you say as much about the, the physical challenge of it being as much of a challenge as our mind and how we're thinking yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. This is this is behavior modification 101, right? This is this is the introduction to change. Those stages of, of change, the pre-contemplation, contemplation, action, all those things are are tied into uh, what how you're able to get a person to start to exercise as a coach or as a person who is going to exercise how you get yourself to start to exercise. So that's the simplicity of the movement. Okay. The simplicity of the movement is how much are you moving? Move one increment more than that. Mm-hmm. And then when you get that nailed down, we'll move one increment more than that. Whatever those increments are, again, maybe you have to talk to a professional about it, uh, but uh, everyone, everyone in plugs. gets- Have yeah, you noticed that? Gets, throwing wink, in wink, the plug. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fitnessjonestraining.com but everyone (laughs) everyone does better when they move more right Mm -hmm. if the if the distance is long enough if the adherence lasts long enough you've drastically altered your trajectory adherence gives you the ability to make smaller changes because over time you get a greater a greater change in overall trajectory so nutritionally Mm -hmm. the the simplest thing is to not count calories necessarily, not look so much at the individual foods that you're eating, but just eat slow. You know, this is another problem that people have. Slowing down your eating would be step one nutritionally because most of us rush through food. Mm-hmm. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Slowing down. You're supposed to say eat grass, like put grass <laughs> in the blender with some goat milk it's just something like that yeah you know Again. squeeze a rock and get some some water from it so that some of that rock that juice up. yeah and you blend that up and nutrition that's the way you start not eating slow that, that sounds that like juice. standing up that sounds just as 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 hard <laughs> or as complex as standing up as a way right. to to make a make a difference so this this is just a it's an understanding of the science so 
you know, and I I give this tip all the time to people and they they respond somewhat like you did. Uh, Rumel is visually underwhelmed by the by the statement. I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know what? What I'm thinking is, is like I'm sitting here pondering. This is what you're watching is me pondering the idea of being sold so many other different things. Oh, absolutely. And the first step is slow your roll. Yeah, slow down. And that, I mean, so what you're actually seeing is me going like all those commercials, all those things, <laughs> all the, you know, programs that were sold to try to affect our nutrition where the first thing is to slow down. And I don't hear that as part yeah. of the sales pitch. It's because again, it's not a, it's not great for the purposes of social media right. and it doesn't tie into the, I'll say the layperson's understanding of how change happens, right? In our minds, trade change happens from drastic measures. Yes. Uh, I want to see a white plate with some grass on it. Absolutely. Oh, I'm treating myself to something nice today. Absolutely. (laughs) My grass plate and my dinner. We you you've been taught to make immediate, acute, drastic changes, right? Right. Wildly drastic changes. You know, in in terms of slowing down your your eating, uh, number one, if you've ever fed a toddler, you know you can't overfeed them. Uh, you will end up wearing that last spoonful of whatever it is that you try to put in there. Right. Uh, we've all got that inside of us, right? That's that's the same mechanism that prevents your average toddler from eating more than what they want. It's still inside of your body. It's hormone signaling, a hormone called leptin. I won't get too sciencey here. L-E-P-T-I-N, you guys can look it up. But leptin just lets your body know that you've had enough to eat. If you've ever had the uh, feeling of being at a, at a restaurant, uh, and sort of overshooting the runway, right? Uh, you, you finish the last bite, and then immediately, like, oh my god, I'm stuck! Like I didn't realize that I was uh, as I was eating. It's because it takes about 15 or 20 minutes for your body to signal that you've had enough to eat. The problem is, we eat the average plate in five to seven minutes, mm-hmm. right? So by the time you, it's like drink sneaking up on you, right? Uh, you're like, oh no, I'm not tipping. This never happened to me. Right, right. And then, and then you're on the table at your spouse's office party, <laughs> right? Uh, so, so food does the same way. If you sip as you go, and I'm not a drinker, but I, I've seen things. You know, as you sip as you go, you're able to develop an awareness of uh, when you've gone from sober to buzz to a little tipsy, and you get the opportunity. Of, you get a choice at that point. (laughs) Either going down the sloppy road or you're going down the reserve road. Uh, But the same thing happens with your food. We just don't take enough time to eat to allow our body to say, hey, I'm full, and then you can stop. Mm -hmm. And to our credit, our parents were teaching us economic lessons that don't serve us in terms of nutrition. Lessons like we don't waste food in this house. That's right. That's exactly. Lessons like you mm-hmm. ask for all that food, you better eat everything on that plate. So there what are do you do as an adult? Children in they Africa. somewhere. They somewhere mm-hmm. starving. Uh, meanwhile, they in Wakanda living it up. Um, <laughs> but but you know. So what do you think you do as an adult when when Cheesecake Factory brings you out three and a half servings on one plate? What plays you in your eat mind? It up, eat it I all. Ate, ate, you ask for all that food, you better eat it all. We don't waste food in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, long story short, you've been taught not to listen to your body. So the simplest thing you can do 
for not overeating is to just slow down, give your body 15 minutes at a minimum as you're eating, and you'll find that you'll be able to discern before all the food is gone right. that right. you've had enough to eat. And you look down at the plate and you're like, oh, I usually eat more than this. Yeah, you usually eat in five and a half minutes. So doing that, adding four or five servings of fruits and or vegetables in your day. If you do those two things, you'll have a wildly different result for your nutrition. It doesn't have to be any more complex than that. Now, the challenge is you got to practice it, right? Mm -hmm. That's typically where a coach comes in, sort of forcing you to practice that simplicity. But, you know, it doesn't have to be super, super complicated because you're going to want to add complexity that you can't. I don't know anybody in my demographic, in the population that I work with, moms over 30, um, I don't know any of them that are excited to do math every time they eat, nor do they have time to do that when they're dealing with a spouse, kids, work, probably an alien parent or two. Like, Mm -hmm. who has time to break out the food scale and the calculator uh, and say, oh, this... I'm over on my carbs. Like that just what if what if you going what if you going to Uncle June's cookout? Like what do you do there? You take your food I, scale to Uncle June's? Like, that, well, that's what I was waiting for you to tell me. How am I supposed to do that? You know, you don't just go there and eat slowly, right? Just eat slowly. <laughs> you make uh, it sound so is, easy. It it's it's <laughs> th- most of what's simple isn't easy, but it's not that it's it's not that it's difficult because it's difficult in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It's difficult because of how we, uh, mentally how we add, we want to add complexity to it. Right. It's only hard to do because we have a mistrust of simplicity yes. in terms of getting to a goal. I'm going to quote you on that one right there. Go ahead. We Go have ahead. a mistrust of simplicity. We do. We do. And, and you've, been, you've been marketed to. Mm-hmm. to have a mistrust of simplicity. I um, am going to post an Instagram post. I'm going to say, I'm going to go to Facebook or something like, y'all, I walked for 20 minutes today. <laughs> right. Ooh, I and, walked mm-hmm. for 20 minutes and I ate, I took 30 minutes to eat this apple. I just want you to know. <laughs> and people are going to be like, why? You know, uh, you know, why did, why did you do that? You, you get two and a half likes. Uh, <laughs> but but go, go on there and say you're doing a hundred burpee challenge. Uh, through uh, July, yeah. who's with me? Um, and you get like a hundred likes. Me, me too, girl. I need to do something. That's exactly. Uh, you know how t- it works. Tear t- t- that back out. That's what you're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. funny. Oh. Gonna be attraction. So you know, being doing doing things that are simple. Uh, they just allow you to continue to do them, man. Like it's it's right. uh it's it's okay for it not to be an arduous process. Mm-hmm. Like that's all right. For some reason, we just don't understand that, that it's okay for it not to be super hard. I mean, the consistency is more important than the complexity. Yes, it always is. It always, yeah. I have quoted that exactly, that exact statement on my in- Instagram. Oh, uh, I probably got it from your Instagram. Maybe, maybe so. <laughs> I probably that, that might be it. That, you uh, know, yeah. I just thought I was being brilliant. No, I probably quoted <laughs> 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 it. Was a big white coat card. Uh, I th- uh, but I think you are brilliant, uh, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> We mm-hmm. hate consistency because it's boring, right? Mm-hmm. That's the other thing that we got to consider, right? Like mm-hmm. humans aren't built for boring things. Uh, if you, if for those out there that have read the book, you know, if you haven't, I suggested Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's a great book, a great actionable book. 
Mm-hmm. It's a New York Times bestseller. But in the book, he talks about talking to a to an Olympic level wrestling coach. Uh, and he asked this coach, what differentiates great athletes uh, from medio- mediocre athletes? Is it talent? He's like, no, it's not talent. He said, it's the, the what differentiates a great athlete and probably greatness in every area is that the greats are okay with boredom. Like they don't have a problem with boredom. They, they fully embrace the boredom of doing things repetitively that aren't necessarily exciting, but they lead to the greatest results. He's like, because the average person, even if they're having success, they will sacrifice success for novelty. Uh, mm. We just have a tendency to want shiny objects. So, mm. and I've had this happen in, in, my, in my coaching, you know, over and over and over again. Like I work with somebody and, and they'll, they'll get results from their coaching. We see all the empirical data adding up, you know, if, they're, if they are a weight loss client, inches measurements going down in the waist, uh, increases in strength, clothes start fitting better. And they'll say, hey, I saw this one thing and I want to give it a try. Uh, and then they're off to give it a try. Like they pay no mind to the result of what they're doing because we gravitate and we should. This is the exploratory nature of the species, right? This is what has right. kept us alive, you know, in, in, in terms of evolution and what, what allows us to push the boundaries of science and technology and agriculture and all this stuff is our desire for new things. But it, it's counterintuitive for a change process uh, because once you start to get bored, it doesn't matter if it works or not. For most people, they're going to go and look for something else to try. Again, I keep hearing this come back to this is a psychological thing. Like I need to acknowledge, I need to recognize how I am getting in my own way with Mm -hmm. progress and then get out of my way. But I have to remind myself on a regular basis I'm going to be attracted to the new shiny thing. The new shiny thing is going to be fun and new and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to get more likes on Instagram. Absolutely. I will also likely lose my momentum in the the boring thing that was getting me results. So I think, you know, I can even see how that would play out in so many other things in my life, not just. Uh, fitness and education. But I think the main thing here is you got to learn how to get out of your own way and get out of your head. I just know what to expect so that you can say, oh, this is a new shiny thing. How do I not let this get me off track? Yes. Got it. As a coach, as a coach, what I've gotten good at is (laughs) alerting people to what they're about to do. Yeah. Uh, And they they think you're a Jedi. think you're a Jedi. Okay. At three weeks, at the third week, this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. You're going to love it the first week and second week. Mm-hmm. Third week is when the rebels going to going to expose themselves in you. You're going to hear me say things, and, I, and I'm going to sound much more annoying than I did in the first two weeks. Um, you're going to see the same workout that you've been doing, and mm-hmm. you'll wonder why it's the same. You're going to want to change it. Mm-hmm. The nutrition lessons that you thought were brilliant the first two weeks are going to seem like they're super annoying. Uh, this is your first wall psychologically as a normal human uh, mm-hmm. that you're going to run into in terms of adherence and consistency, because now you're familiar enough with it to be bored by it. Uh, so you're going to seek something out. So knowing that here's some steps you can take, you know, number one, you can go ahead and set some times for your workouts, go ahead and put it in your calendar, put it in your calendar and adhere to it. I send my clients out a, um, uh, a whiteboard, a, a magnetic whiteboard for the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. I tell them number two, 
go ahead and write those workout times on your whiteboard with, so that your family can see it and let them know this is mommy's time that she's going to be doing her exercises. And mm-hmm. if you've got kids that are anywhere normal to no, most kids, they're going to say, mommy, it's time for your workout. You know, the, the mm-hmm. household is going to keep you accountable to that. Number two is you're going to have to, you're going to have to power through your nutrition protocol. You're going to have to power through eating slowly uh, next week. It's going to be a challenge for you, but you're going to have awareness going into the week. That's going to be a challenge. Uh, and then, and then probably number three, get as many other people involved as you can, not only your family, but your friends, if you can mm-hmm. tell them, girl, I'm about to have a tough week. Uh, you know, check on me on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And after <laughs> that, I do that work, send me a text or something. Cause right. I know oh. it's about to be even that. And, and then you can check in with your coach also, you know, set, let, let's set up some time where I can possibly send you a reminder. Uh, you let me know when your workouts are going to be, and I can send you a message or a text or something to double check on you after the third week you'll be back in tune again. Like you, you, when you go through the third week, like I do a 12 week program, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, probably going to be fine. You'll probably be good for like four or five weeks after that. Mm-hmm. And then it'll hit again. But that's the psychological cycle that, that we've come to expect knowing that awareness is a catalyst for change. Right. I just try to keep people aware. That's all it is. And, and Twanda, now that you're aware of your, your own psychology, yeah. you know, may, mm-hmm. may, you know, maybe this is something that you can, you can circumvent uh, of your No, own I'm going to read. No, this this is helpful. This is what I needed to know. I don't think I knew how I was getting in my own way. And then I feel like you just stepped on my toes a lot. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Whole, this whole time I was like, dang, he talking about me. It was my it was my goal coming into the show, having worked with you before. to <laughs> literally step on your toes at every single moment that I could. Uh, you know, I, I, I felt like it. Pent up hostility like I need to get out. And I, I feel, <laughs> I feel so, so free funny. right now. I feel so free. You know, you know on that I, note, I feel like Kate on the front of that Titanic, uh, Rumel. I feel like, I feel oh like I'm God. flying, Jack. It, you know, you know, it's, it's funny because we're going to, we, we need to get wrapping up, but I want to, I want you to do one thing for me. Okay. Tell us one more time in like three steps, like the most important things that people need to take away from our conversation. Okay. Number one is it's okay for it to be simple. It can still work. Find another way to track progress besides your effort. Effort is not a way to track progress. I don't care if you hate studying or if studying is easy for you. Your progress isn't tracked by how hard it is to study. Your progress is tracked by the final grade, right? So learn what progress indicators are for you. I don't like weight as one of those because it fluctuates. Do interest measurements. Do a test of walking your own steps and whether you're out of breath. Do a test of whether or not you're able to do a full push-up or you can hold a plank longer. Find empirical data that leads to progress because judging your difficulty is not a way to judge whether or not you're progressing. That's just, it's wrong. Um, the second thing I would say is that uh, simply moving more, as, as easy as that sounds, how much am I moving? Can I move a little bit more? Um, if I don't get out of my seat all day because I work from home, can I get out of my seat and maybe walk around my own house, uh, the outside of it or the inside of it? If I'm in an apartment building and I am, you know, can I walk down the hall, walk up the steps, walk back down the hall and come back? If you're doing more moving, 
your body is going to respond as if you're doing more moving. Uh, it doesn't have to be super hard again. Um, just moving more is okay. That's okay to start with. Give yourself the grace to start doing something um, and continue it. Start doing something that you can continue. That's, that's going to that's gonna serve you a lot better than a short-term complexity or intensity. And then number three, I would say nutritionally, um, really just slow down your eating. Make time to connect with one of the most important things that a human does, the human organism does, which is nourish itself. Um, we look at nourishing ourselves as an interruption to life, right? I'm got to get to that meat. Let me get something to eat real quick. Uh, yeah. Don't don't have time to eat. Uh, I'll get something on the way and eat it in the car. Yeah. Sit down and connect uh, again. Toddlers don't eat on the go, do they? They mm -hmm. sit down. There's a whole ritual for children to eat. It's a process. It's a process. It's a ritual. It's something that we teach them to take time out to do, connect to, and pay attention. Little games and everything, choo-choo train or airplane. Uh, and then when they get old enough to understand, we teach them not to do any of that shit that we just taught you to do. <laughs> you better, better on, hurry on, ass on, up. Yeah, yeah, we got to go. We got to go. In the car. And they looking at you like you crazy and you yeah. think that they crazy. But really, we crazy. Yeah. You know, mm. we taught them to sit down, take their time, eat. And then as soon as they get to a state of awareness, we tell them to do the complete opposite. And we wonder why they look at us like we crazy because we are. We are crazy. Yeah. You know, let me teach you how to not connect with your body anymore for the rest of your life. Put all this pressure on yourself before you sit down and eat. And then let me give you several economic lessons that don't apply to us anymore. Mm -hmm. We got microwaves now. You got Tupperware, Pyrex, whatever your choice is. <laughs> you don't have to eat everything on your plate. Sure. That's that's domestication of a human uh, that does. And, you know, that's another great book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, yes. But that's domesticating a human who's already in tune with their body and making sure that they're out of tune. That's a power play that you're exerting over a child uh, who maybe doesn't feel like eating right now. But we tell them, don't listen to that. I, you need other people to tell you when it's time to eat. What do you mean you're not hungry? It's time to eat. So ignore your body signaling. You know, we're eating now. No, you can't skip dinner. They'll eat when they're hungry, man. Like, you know, that's we're, we're applying lessons that no longer apply to modern day life. Yes, we can heat up the rest, you know, later. Let me let me take what you didn't eat and take it off your plate. Well, we'll just have a tiny snack for later. So instead of eating candy later or chips later, you can have some of this delicious food that I made for you, right? Like let those economic lessons go. You're probably not in the same economic position that your parents were, number one. Number two, the advent of the microwave and Tupperware, you're probably not in a situation where if you don't eat, we got to throw the food away because we're eating out of pots in the 80s, right? 70s, 80s. Uh, and, and number three, it's just a bad lesson. We are at a greater state of awareness as parents now, which is absolutely okay. Our parents did what they knew to do. Uh, but at the state of awareness now, you can understand how you're about to inundate your children with bad nutritional concepts, bad right. nutritional behavior by forcing something on them simply because it was forced on you at one time. That's yeah. not a good reason. We, yeah. I haze because I was hazed is not a good reason. It works yeah. in sororities and fraternities, but in 
other human place. Actually, it does. But they but they ain't gonna stop. So uh, <laughs> and so and and um, you know, thanks for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> well, Ren, no, seriously, thank you so much. Cause like once again, you have broken it all down. You made it super simple, which is what we needed. I appreciate that so and much. And I just want to let you know, like from the first um, episode that we did, I still have little things that I take with me. I hear you in my head. So I want to thank good. you for that. And I'm hoping that you will become one of those people in people's heads right. that, you know, replays and says, yeah, I don't need to do this. I can do this and get results. So Absolutely. thank you so much once again for coming to us bringing your knowledge, your energy, and we just love you. We adore you. And we're hoping that you'll come back again with us next year. Episode 300. All right. <laughs> Episode 300. Can we do like 250 or something like uh, that? Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe 200. 200, you yeah. Know? Oh, that's right, because we're... We're like Twanda's attitude throughout the show, so I'm spacing <laughs> it out. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna give her time to grow. Uh, yeah. I'm not, okay, I don't have time for that. All right, Rick. <laughs> we go. We go to wrap it up today because we don't want to keep it too long. But we appreciate you so much, and we appreciate our listeners for coming every week and listening and getting all the good information. So, Twanda, until next time, peace, peace and blessings. blessings. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Girl Podcast. That's girl with three R's. And if you want to participate in our segment, Ask Your Girlfriends, email us at girlpodcast at gmail.com. That's girl with three R's. (laughs) So until next time, peace Peace and and blessings. blessings.